Welcome to Midweek in the Word, where each week we seek to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. This podcast is brought to you by Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, here is your host, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries Pastor, Pastor Brad Myers. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Midweek in the Word. For Thanks for being along for the ride, for joining us for this week's episode, as we're excited to continue our What Does the Bible Say About series here on the podcast. And I'm excited for today's topic. I think it'll be an encouragement for you. Hopefully, it'll be educational and encouraging to you as you listen through it. Um, As we have another discussion here this morning, as I've got... Tom back in the podcast studio with me. Uh, Tom Rimple, our our preaching pastor here at Faith Bible Church. Tom, thanks so much for coming back. Yeah, it's nice to be back, Brad. Thanks for the invite. It's it's good. We'll just continue <laughs> plugging our way through this. We've obviously had the chance to have some uh, good guests on the podcast, but we are we're thrilled to be back into kind of our bread and butter of just the two of us having some conversations on these different topics. Next week, we'll have another new guest on the podcast. I'm looking forward to that as well. But for this week, we're going to continue our series with Tom and myself here on the podcast. But before we get into that, Tom, let me just remind our listeners uh, that you did continue your Is He Enough sermon series this last week, our second week in that series, by talking about the next two verses. You've made it all the way through four <laughs> verses thus far on the po- or on the sermon. Only 299 uh, verses to You are getting there, slowly but surely. (laughs) Uh, uh, Talked about the seven descriptions of Christ that we see in Hebrews 1, uh, verses 3 and 4. That was an encouraging message, listeners, uh, as we exalted Christ, as we read that description, those seven descriptions of Christ. We hope you found it encouraging. If you missed that message, if you weren't able to join us, let me just remind you, you can go to faithbiblelincoln.org, hit the resources tab and the sermons button, and you can find those old sermons. If you missed out on Tom's first or second sermon in this new series, um, also, if you're a podcaster, you can search for Faith Bible Church Lincoln, Nebraska, and hit the black background, white letters podcast. That's our Sermons Feed podcast, and you can catch up on any sermons you've missed or uh, listen back to older ones as well if you're inclined to do so. Um, now, Tom, this week's topic is, uh, is really closely tied to our conversation from last week. We talked about sanctification, that ongoing work of God is a spirit in the lives of believers to conform them to the image of Christ. But now we want to move on to how that process is related to our mm. eternal security in Christ as well. Our topic for this week is the theological concept of perseverance of the saints. Um, and as always, I want to start off with our doctrinal statement. What do we have to say on this particular topic before I open up the mic and let Tom uh, share and expound on this here a little bit more? Uh, we've got one brief uh, paragraph here in our doctrinal statement on this idea. It says this, We believe salvation is eternal and that God finishes the saving process without the threat of losing saving grace. Amen. Pretty succinct. We've been a little, a little longer in some other descriptions. <laughs> um, I know yeah. that doesn't make the, this doctrine easy. It just means we were succinct on our doctrinal statement here, Tom. So, Tom, let's start to move into this subject. What does the Bible say about this idea of perseverance? Well, perseverance is, is really the evidence of true saving faith. It's not... Uh, uh, it, it's not the res- it's the result, or as opposed to the merit mm. of salvation. So, but the scriptures uh, teach us that true believers do persevere. But uh, it, with with the topic like that, the recognition is is that uh, faith in Christ is not uh, the first step into a walk in the park. Mm. So, uh, as soon as you hear the word perseverance, you realize there's going to be trial tribulation, trouble. And uh, so this is a reminder that 
true saving faith holds us even through the difficult times. Mm. And the fact that we talk about perseverance obviously indicates that. I mean, yep. if it was a walk in the park, we wouldn't, right. we wouldn't need to be persevered. That's you know, right. that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be a reality for us. That's right. Okay, so we recognize that those who have genuinely been redeemed, you talked about this evidence of the faith, those yep. that genuinely have a regenerate heart that the Spirit has changed will persevere. And, and by yep. that, we mean to the end of their lives, yep. till, till yep. the end of their uh, time here on the earth and physical bodies, or until Christ returns, whichever comes Amen. first. Amen. That <laughs> uh, one Maranatha, right? We'll, we'll pray for that. Today is a good day for a trumpet. Very good, exactly. Or on the flip side of that, that those who do persevere to the end show themselves to be yeah. true believers, these flip yeah. sides of the coin. Um, now, this may be a new doctrine to some of our listeners, or it may be one they've heard before, uh, but either way, we want to be asking, is this something we just came up with on our own, or did this come from the Bible? Where do we find this in Scripture, Tom? Well, uh, probably the phrase, uh, the perseverance of the saints, is, comes out of Matthew 24, and Jesus giving instructions about uh, the end times. And uh, this is really timely for our brothers and sisters in Nigeria, Afghanistan, mm. India, yeah. and that. Uh, they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. You will be hated by all the nations for my name's sake. Then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Because the lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And so it's a, it, it's a declaration of the eternality of salvation. And uh, so really it, it starts there with, I think, Matthew 24. I think that's where the, the principle or the, the, at least the title uh, is drawn from. Mm. And, and obviously we've talked a little bit about um, salvation. We've talked about the process, the steps yeah. of salvation. How is it that we read uh, you know, a passage like this and we look at it and we say, that's, how do we know that's not saying that it is our enduring that saves us. Yeah. You know, ex yeah. Explain that a little bit. Well, I, I, I think it, it come, really comes down to the meaning of words. And, mm. uh, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to whoever believed in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Well, what mm. is everlasting? Or John 10, you know, all of those that he has placed in my hand, uh, he, I will lose none of them, mm. you know. And, uh, Romans chapter 8, you know, who can bring a charge against God's elect? Mm. And then he just goes on and lists all of these threats to our security and our faith. And he wraps it up by saying, but in all of this, we are more than conquerors. Mm. So, again, it's just that principle that God does the saving work. And it's a reminder that all of salvation is, first and foremost, the work of God. Mm. Start middle and finish is all God at work. Mm. Uh, so it, again, eternal life has to have no end or mm -hmm. it's no longer, it, which is the guarantee of perseverance. Mm. I was just listening to a talk and they were quoting from Martin Luther, uh, making the comment that basically his book, The Bondage of the Will, mm. was one of the primary, like the, one of the mm. only books that he said, if, if all of my books, if I had people read one, which this isn't a plug, I don't know if any of our listeners have read <laughs> Luther on the subject, um, but talking about that, that realization of the depravity yeah. of the human heart and how much they needed an act of God to yeah. save, you know, to save him, he recognized that, and obviously that leads yep. to then this assurance, this incredible assurance yeah. we have in the work that God has done in our hearts. Yeah. You know, and I love that John 10 passage. That's been such a comfort to me uh, over so many times when, uh, again, you know, when we talked about election a few weeks back, that yeah. reminder that 
when I when I sense it in my own self, there's nothing lovable. It's such yeah. an encouragement to remind myself that it, it, you know, God loves because he loves. You yeah. know, his love is, is because of him. All right, so we've got Matthew 24, 9 through 13 as, as the primary text here. Obviously, John 10 and Romans 8 also support this correct understanding of the way this works, the fact that those that are truly regenerate will persevere yeah. till the end. Uh, we have to move on to the next question then naturally because this is also one that there is a little bit of discussion about. Um, where are the disagreements among orthodoxy on this idea of perseverance? Well, uh, you know, the world my father grew up in was uh, you are saved by faith. You maintain your salvation by your faithful good works. And uh, so that, that becomes then a, a doctrine of the insecurity of the believer. The loss mm. of salvation uh, becomes an issue. And, and genuine believers... Uh, hold that view, and and I think personally, I will get to it in a few weeks. Mm. Um, we'll get to Hebrews six and Hebrews ten, or a yeah, couple of the yeah. fall to texts yeah. that seem to indicate to some that you can believe and then you can cease believing and you lose your salvation. But uh, I think that that that's one significant issue: the loss of salvation. The second one, of course, is works plus faith equals security. Therefore, you're never truly secure mm. because you never quite know if you have done sufficient, adequate works. Um, I was sorry, I, the breakthrough moment, and in, in, Linda and I grew up in two different theological worlds. So because my father had grown up in a world where this doctrine of the loss of salvation was constantly taught, he, he grew up very insecure. Mm. So as we kids made professions of faith, the first thing he wanted to remind us of over and over is, is that, that you can't lose that salvation. And in, in our lives, there were some times he should have raised the question of, have you genuinely been saved because mm-hmm. your life doesn't look like it? Mm-hmm. But what we were sure. On the other hand, my wife grew up in a world where you could lose your salvation. It was a constant fear and threat. Mm-hmm. And uh, the breakthrough came from, uh, for us, I think, in James chapter 1 of all places. And it starts about consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. So perseverance is a testimony that things are going to get tough. Mm-hmm. He says, so where's the joy? Well, he follows it up by saying every good and perfect gift comes down from above, initiated by God, comes to us from the Father of lights. And yeah. so all of a sudden we're realizing hard times are not necessarily a decoration that you have lost your salvation or you're losing it. It is just simply a reminder of his keeping power and grace mm. because we didn't save ourselves. We can't keep ourselves saved. Mm. And so that every good and perfect gift came down from above. That one verse just lit us on fire back in our 20s. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it, and odds are, here in a moment I want to ask you about heresies, but odds are those the heresies that we're going to run into are related to kind of these this, this spectrum of what you're talking yeah. about. You're saying yeah. you come from opposite backgrounds, one that maybe overemphasized the security yeah. you had because you prayed a prayer at one point or, or said something, yeah. whereas Scripture's like, well, a lot of people can say things, you know. Yeah. Even, the, even the angels admit that <laughs> who Jesus is. That's it's right. more real than that. And then on the opposite side, this constant tyranny of this fear that yeah. I'm going to lose my salvation, which also doesn't seem to be in keeping with yeah. the incredible security. You know, we talked, again, with Brad Orta a few weeks ago on the, the you know, election and the passages. That's meant to be a comfort yeah. to believers of the security they have, um, this idea of perseverance as well. Yeah. You've got these two kind of spectrums that most of us probably wrestle back and forth between yeah. of uh, where do I find myself there? What is the right amount of way to caution people against just kind of resting even though they don't, you know, and on the other side, what is the tyranny of being fearful all the time? Okay, so 
I assume where you're going to go then next is is to the next step of that that gets out of bounds at some point. You get too far yeah. beyond. Where where are the heresies we need to be watchful on this theme? Well, first of all, not to teach people or not to believe yourself that you can save yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's there is this. I mean, you, you think about heaven, and if if you had to perform to a certain level in order to be welcomed there, heaven would not be heaven because we'd all be bragging about mm-hmm. either how, how little I did and I made it or how much I did and I deserve to be here. So yeah. that would be one is the work salvation side yeah. of it. And then the other is just that even using it as a threat to keep people in line. I've seen that mm-hmm. in evangelicalism. And as well, you realize if you do that, you, he's going to reject you. Or my father-in-law used to teach that there is a line you can cross from which you cannot return. And it's like, well, that's not what the Bible says mm. because it is saying that he only loves me a little bit or only loves me on a performance-based mm. acceptance as opposed to he loves me unconditionally. Mm. And then he holds me and changes me in the process of so we're back to sanctification again. Mm-hmm. So I don't change myself by faith. I believed in him by faith. I am sanctified because I continue to believe in him, but he works out his salvation in me. Mm. So... Mm. Very good. A lot of the themes we were talking about last week, yep. to your point, exactly what we were talking about was sanctification, um, where it's this mutual idea. You know, that we, on the one hand, we do need the warnings. You know, we do need yep. Hebrews. We need yep. to hear that. You know, that yep. be careful. You know, on the other hand, we need to be reminded that we are safe. You yep. know, in the arms of God. Uh, admittedly, very good. Okay, so we got these two outside ends of the spectrum. We got to be watchful of. Now, again, this is probably one of those areas that people are finding themselves going. This is a great theological discussion. This is nice for you know theologians in ivory towers somewhere to figure out all the nuances of what it means that I'm pers- you know I'm going to persevere because of God and all of these nuances. But what difference does this really make to my life, Tom? I mean, if this is the case, yeah. how does it impact the way we live? Well, you know, joy is discovered in in knowing that I am loved unconditionally. So it's really the assurance of salvation. First mm-hmm. uh, John five thirteen. We have written these things. What the whole letter, First John, so that you might know that you have eternal mm-hmm. life. It, the practical is is that there is a liberty and a freedom not to go on sinning. Uh, as though I'm abusing grace, but there is a liberty or a freedom to know that I am loved because he chose to love me, not because I performed mm-hmm. well. And uh, regrettably, the way some of us parent, it comes across like mm-hmm. conditional love. And so the, the great delight is that there is a Heavenly Father that loves us before we were lovable, and he will continue to love us, and he wants us to know that mm-hmm. so that we can enjoy our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much comfort, and I love that you use the illustration there of the family idea of the father and and kids, because there is a reality that you know your kids are loved unconditionally. They never cease to be your kids, no yep. matter what they do, no matter. Yep. And and the parents out there will know that. As kids, you probably know that about your parents. I hope you do. I mean, yep. there's obviously a lot of you know sin has corrupted the family and parenting yep. as well. And so I know not everybody's situation is like that, but that's what it was meant to be. Yeah. And yet at the same time, there are things my children do that despite the fact that I love them <laughs> unconditionally, I am disappointed with their behavior yeah. Yeah. at yeah. times. Parental disapproval and parental rejection are two different things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, you know, when the child says, well, I'm not hungry, I'm not coming to dinner, it's a pretty good chance they did something that <laughs> violated a family rule and they're not comfortable in your yes. presence. But you don't disown them for that, and yes. they don't assume that you did. Yeah. Um, so it's just the same way, too, with our 
uh, again, in, in, in the hard times, sometimes we question, does he really love me? Yeah. If so, he would protect me from this path yeah. or this journey. No, consider it all joy. In the middle of the trial, we find out his love is unconditional and it holds us. On, on the other hand, uh, when I fail, you know, a righteous man, though he falls seven times, he rises again. So I don't give up, throw in the towel, but I get back up and I trust him for restoring grace. Mm. And that that is, where I think, where this doctrine of perseverance of the saints becomes an incredible motivator, yeah. uh, motivator to joy of celebrating yeah. what we have as a gift in, in God, also an incredible motivator to, to please our Father, yeah. you know, as this, thank goodness He holds me, and yet now because of what Christ has done, I don't have to work to, to fulfill that standard. I get to work uh, just out of love and worship to my yeah. Father, yeah. And, and that's an incredible change of disposition and a yeah. change of heart that means all the world yeah. of difference when it comes to how we live our lives. Very good. Well, I think this is one of our more succinct conversations. Hopefully that means we've <laughs> done a better so. job of articulating it for you, uh, listeners. Let me just remind you a little bit about what we talked about here, this idea of perseverance of the saints. And, and I talked about this a few weeks ago with, with Brad. That's that, that's that P. That's that fifth point uh, that we've talked about when it comes to the doctrine of election. Uh, this idea of perseverance of the saints uh, is this evidence of faith. It means that believers will persevere to the end, and those that persevere to the end are shown to be true believers. We see this in Matthew 24, 9 through 13 especially, though obviously John 10 and Romans 8 also come into this conversation. There's some disagreement, uh, mostly when it comes down to, again, not surprisingly, the conversation we've had before, this idea of works versus security. You know, how do we not get off on either side? Different people would have slightly different takes there, though another one where you can get too far off into yeah. the ditch on yeah. either side. If you're if you're like, ah, I prayed a prayer at one point, I'm safe no matter way, the way I live my life. Well, that's not the way Scripture yeah. teaches. And if you're like, I have to be constantly fearful of my eternal security and the fact that I will persevere, uh, that's not really what the Bible teaches either. It teaches a tremendous amount of security, perseverance of the saints, uh, this idea as well. And then there's just this incredible reminder, you know, what you've talked about, Tom, as far as this source of joy, this source of assurance, the source of um, love and worship to God out of what he's done for us, you know. More often than not, I think we tend to think, you know, what does a doctrine mean for I'm going to live my life as in... Like, what am I supposed to do tomorrow? Yeah, yeah what to and, do. And yeah. this one is a whole lot more about what does it inspire as far as worship yeah. and adoration in my focus on God. And I, and I love that reality of its theology, you know, the study of God, theology yeah. proper. It, it inspires us when we see who God really is and worship Him for who He really is. I love that concept as well. Any, any final thoughts or encouragements you'd like to leave our listeners with today, Tom? Well, probably just another family story. Uh, but my father, who taught us the security of the believer and taught us to trust in a father that would never disown us, in the last days of his earthly life, Satan, if he can not keep us from trusting in Jesus for eternal life, he will do everything he can to steal from us the joy mm. and the confidence and the peace of that relationship. And my dad said, he said, if I would have known what a spiritual battle it is at the end of the life, I would have been a different pastor at deathbeds. Mm. And he, and I asked him what he meant by that, and he says, it is a moment-by-moment battle to hold on to my faith. Mm. And I said, Dad, why, why is that so important? He says, because the, the damage and the consequences, if I lose my grip on my faith at the end, what that would do to my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. And I'll never forget sitting across. He's in the wheelchair on one side of the table, and I'm on the other. And I said, Dad, you always told us that it's not us who hold on to him, but that we persevere because he holds on to us. And he got this great peaceful look on his face. He says, oh, thanks for reminding me. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. That Satan wants to steal from you the joy and the confidence. But the perseverance of the saints is the testimony that he holds on to us. Mm. Amen. And that's an appropriate way to end our conversation here today. Listeners, we do hope this is an encouragement to you. We hope it's been informative, um, but we also hope it's been uh, encouraging to you in your own personal walk uh, with Christ. Uh, Let me just remind you that this coming Sunday, we will be continuing uh, with chapter one of Hebrews as Tom will go on to examine um, this comparison we see in the first chapter of Hebrews of Christ and the angels, and the angels, excuse me, um, and how Christ is shown to be greater than, uh, so much better than, more than the angels. I'd encourage you to read verses five through 14 in anticipation for Tom's message on Sunday. And I'd also encourage you to join us uh, for worship on Sunday morning, either at nine o'clock or 1030 hours here at, uh, at the church. And um, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks for much for taking the time to listen, uh, for joining us for this conversation. If it's been helpful to you, uh, just be reminded that you can always share it, rate it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we do hope you join us again next week for Midweek in the Word. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, or on Twitter at the handle at FBC Lincoln. As for this week, we'll leave you with Paul's words to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith.